Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. The high school and NFL football weekend begins tonight. We have some picks against the spread. And what will the recruiting class out of 2021 and 2022 look like? given the zero eligibility we're experiencing at the college sports level. Hi, boys and girls. Ryan Tutel here. Colton Nuan is along with you. It is Tutel and Nuan is on your radios and on your televisions across the state on SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you. Hope you are having a fantastic day. Thanks for spending some of it here with us, letting us roll around with you. We appreciate that very much. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can do that. 361-3688-361-3688. The phone number, all guests. Join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. If you would like to uh, text that phone number, you can do that as well, 361-3688. If you would like to go ahead and listen live and you're not around your radio or uh, watching on your TV, it's easier for you on your device, on your tablet. You just go to the website, 1029ESPN.com. You check out the website. Plenty of stuff going on there at the website, podcasts, all kinds of uh, 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 articles, various things up, and, yes, the stream. You can listen live anytime you'd like to to the radio station here and get this show from 4 to 6 Mountain every single day. Stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Let's take a look at what we got in the show today. A couple of new commits uh, in the uh, Big Sky Conference, so we will get to those. But also use that as a sort of a talking point and an entry point to a topic we touched on very, very briefly. But I think there's a lot to get into and discuss when it comes to the recruiting class that is this, this next one out of the high school ranks and the one following it, given the fact that there is a zero year in effect in terms of eligibility right now uh, across the board for uh, for fall and winter sports and if you go back then the first spring sports as well coming out of the 2019 or the 2020 spring season so we'll get into that a, a little bit here we also uh, have ourselves 
a Final Four officially. The top two teams in both boys and girls state double A soccer. The championship games are set. One of them has been rescheduled. We'll see about the other one due to weather. We'll give you the details there. And also, the night begins. Uh, the weekend begins tonight when it comes to high school football. Big Sky hosting Flathead, so we'll uh, break that down just a little bit or get into that game uh, just some and uh, and preview some stuff for you for tomorrow. Also, top of the hour, the NFL weekend begins tonight. The Eagles and the Giants. You know, the uh, NFC East, it, it should be played every Thursday just from here on out because it's like the opener, right? It's the opening act for real football. It's like the band that's sort of been together for about six months and they like got like four songs together. They're playing a couple covers. They can't quite like get a real good set going. They got to discuss what the next song is. And like, you know, there's like a couple rhythm and you're like, hey, that, that drummer's like pretty talented, but the rest of these guys are like, you know, probably not really like music's probably not for them. And they're just there getting you ready for like what's coming. So that's why the NFC East should just be played every Thursday. You get a little, you get a little, you know, a little power cleanse you know what I mean without not having football for several days get a little bit of football but then you're ready for actual professional football to be played on Sunday and Monday with the rest of the teams going we should just have (laughs) NFC East football every Thursday night I like this analogy because it's like the Redskins are like Guns N' Roses once good never will be good again but somehow a variety of people still think that they could should and are good oh I don't Uh, think so I think a variety of people's people just still like them they don't think they're good or should be. If you have the resources that the Washington Redskins have, the fact that you are so far from good is so deplorable and so disappointing. Is it? It is. They I have mean, among the greatest brands and among the most passionate fan bases in all of sports, period. I guess let me just be clear. You're right about all of that, but we all know why. Let me finish my analogy, dude. Hmm. The Dallas Cowboys are like the are they like Van Halen when Van Halen started making music videos and they're still they still have all the pieces to be good but they just suck because they made poor decisions and they're uh, prioritizing the wrong things and then you got like the Giants who are like the high school Creed no the Giants no the Giants are like a high school garage band who are trying as hard as they freaking can, but they just don't have the talent to ever actually they, make it they, big. They're not blessed with the with the with the magic that is writing a great song. And then who are the Eagles? The Eagles have an the outst- Eagles. The Eagles have an outstanding front man, and everybody else in the band quit and or started doing drugs that are not as good as they used to be. You know who the Eagles are? The Eagles are the Eagles of death metal. Where it's See, just sort of this cacophony of like mixed mediums and See, different genres, and you yeah, can't you're quite get, figure you're, it out. You're not going to get anywhere with me by making anything, uh, any joke about the actual Eagles, the band. No, I love the Eagles. First of all, the, what do you think of the Eagles? The, not your style. The dude hates the Eagles, therefore I hate the Eagles. Secondly, I didn't say the Eagles. I said the Eagles of death metal. Oh, okay. it's a whole different act. A whole okay. di- Josh Home of Queens of the Stone Age. Mm. It's his, you know, other thing that mm. he's doing, or one of his other things that he's Queens doing. Queens of the Stone Age are they the most underrated band? They might be around. They might be. They are the two tell of bands. <laughs> So very underappreciated and underloved for what they produce every single time out, just killing. Oh, oh man. Oh, man. You're hilarious. Anyway, um, we'll do some NFL at the top of the hour. Great. And, yes, the World Series. Game two went exactly how it needed to. If you're a baseball fan, I am. I got no dog in this hunt. I like both teams. I want seven games. I'll take six if that's what it's got to be. I'd love seven, but we had to have this one last night, so I was on the Rays. See, I'm kind of going back and forth. I was a full Rays fan last night because I thought that's the one they needed to get. We'll preview kind of games three and four and and sort of, uh, to me, sort of an outline why I thought last night was such an important game for Tampa Bay. Obviously, you're down one nothing. You don't want to go 2 nothing. but I also think that the balance starts to shift back in favor of, of the Dodgers and them being you know favored uh, in games. Games in game three and and definitely they're going to be favored in game four and so I thought that the Rays critical that they had that one because it's going to be tough sledding for Tampa to split the next two to say nothing I mean win the next two but just to just to even get one of the next two is going to be a, a big ask to me for the Rays so that was a 
big game last night. I'm happy it went the way that it did. So there you go. There's the show we got for you today. Coulter, you wanted to start uh, today. We wanted to start today with a couple of things. And I want you to do just sort of the news portion of this first and fill people in on some of the stuff that you've been tracking in terms of commits and people who are going to Montana, Montana State, whatever that might be. But then I have a a question and conversation I want to get into with you about that. But give them the the nuts and bolts of this thing first. Starting with the Grizz, we have had uh, several of Montana's verbal commits on the show. We've also, we will be having several more in, here in upcoming days and weeks. Um, we touched on Jake Olson, the big tight end from Butte, who committed a couple weeks ago. Uh, we briefly mentioned Liam Brown, who's a 6'5", 295-pound offensive tackle out of Sunset High School in Portland, Oregon. Good get, two-star recruit. He's getting recruited by most of the Big Sky Conference. That's about the only details we've given. So we'll circle back around with Liam because I'm, I'm actually interested in his story, too. He's anomalous in this recruiting class because of the 10 guys Montana has verbaled, he's the only one that's not... Him and Declan McCabe, who we had on two mm-hmm. weeks ago, were the only two kids that aren't either in-state kids, legacy kids, both, or the kid we're going to talk about next, a kid that has a natural connection to the program, and the most recent Montana verbal commit is Ben McGoring, who is the younger brother of Jacob McGoring. Sure. It's good get by Montana. Um, I'm not sure... You know, you don't want to compare him to his brother. Well, of course you do. They're distinctly different. Jacob McGorg is a physical specimen. I mean, he's six foot five, two hundred and forty-five pounds mm-hmm. when he came to campus, and I, I'm sure he's significantly bigger than that now. Uh, he's a defensive end. Ben McGorg is more like an athlete. He's a six-two, two twenty. Uh, but this is an interesting angle because, as we reported, when Jacob McGorg signed with Montana, their father played at Eastern Washington, and they live in Cheney. Side note, anybody that follows Vice, great journalism outlet that does a lot of in-depth stories on trends in American society. Do they also make the golf balls? <laughs> no, they do not. And I'm still convinced those are cheater balls. Well, they are cheater. I mean, what, I mean, what, what do you mean? Well, they're they're rip-offs, but they're also cheater balls. What does that mean? The Vice roll, buddy. They roll farther and weirder than any other ball I've ever seen. Well, that doesn't mean they're cheating. Like, you can't, like, you can't make it go in the cup. I just would, I would love to know if those balls would be approved to play on the PGA Tour. Well, regardless, they're approved to play by me. I can still shoot a buck five with them. And what I'm wondering is who's going to copyright who on this? You know? Sure. Vice the journalists or Vice the golf balls? Well, guys, Vice did a little piece on Eastern Washington today, the University of Eastern Washington today, and uh, chilling. Chilling. Basically, the the centerpiece of the of the piece is that the town of Cheney yes. is just based around the university, and basically the headline was the town of Cheney was built for Eastern Washington, and Eastern Washington was built in the town of Cheney, and then the students didn't came come back, and it it's like a the little vote that I saw was like a four and a half minute deal uh, about. Jack Settlebach, who's one of the Eastern Washington football players that's featured in this, but they talk a lot about just the campus community of Eastern Washington. And it didn't look, I mean, it just doesn't look good for them, man. We've talked about all the variety of reasons why athletics is good and bad. And we've argued on behalf of Eastern Washington quite a bit, but uh, there's, some, there's some interesting things happening right now that are certainly not good for the Big Sky Conference. Another thing that's happening right now, you know, John Canzano had a piece about how right now, there's only two Division One basketball teams in the country that have governor mandates against them participating in practice. It's the University of Portland and Portland State. That'll have an effect on the Big Sky Conference because if, regardless of what any other contact tracing or infection or anything like that that happens with other teams, if Portland State can't practice, they can't play, period. So then that's going to screw up the entire schedule that we released the other week. Anyways, back to the recruits. Ben McGoring, a good get for University of Montana. And the fact that now that they have 10 players committed in this class that are high school kids, I think that's an interesting number because they have committed themselves so much to recruiting the portal and recruiting locally. But now they've been able to supplement it with some kids that are from um, other places in Montana. And now, you know, <laughs> that's the funny part is Cheney's not much farther than a lot of places in Montana from Missoula. In fact, it's closer than somewhere like Billings. So Cheney's as good of an in-state recruiting place as you can find. On the Montana State side of things, two new commits for the Cats, including today Luke Fedick from Bozeman High School, uh, committed to Montana State. And uh, 
he's a kid that's very interesting. He's he. There's these kids now in Montana. They know how to get recruited better than anybody else in Montana. So Luke Fedick got himself an elevated shot by hitting the circuit last year. He went to a bunch of camps. He went to some combines. He put up good numbers of the combines. He ran track and field. He sent his numbers out to a variety of coaches. And he went from sort of an anonymous recruit to a guy that was a little bit coveted. And then all of a sudden, the teams start getting a little interested. And then now they're watching you play. And then when you perform, you get some offers. And there he is going to Montana State. The other one worth noting is a kid named Noah Smith. He's from Joshua, Texas, right outside of the Dallas area. This kid's nasty, man. He's nice. To me, when I the, I watched his film for 90 seconds before I thought to myself, this is the kid they're recruiting to replace Travis Johnson. That's what he is. He's a slash. He's playing quarterback at the high school he's at right now. He's about six foot four, 210 pounds, built just like Travis Johnson. But he's basically playing Wildcat quarterback, running a lot of option stuff. But he's like a he's going to be like one of those slash receiver types. But as soon as I turned on the film, I was like, man, that's the guy that they wanted to replace Travis Johnson. But uh, Montana State, they're doing a good job of not only getting some local guys, but also getting some guys from their hotspot areas and, and keeping those pipelines going. So we'll see if the those trends continue. Uh, it's Stu Selling Nuwana's 10290 ESPN Radio. Very good. Thank you, Coulter, for that. And I wanted to, to sort of set this table again because uh, we understand, okay, that there's going to be a lot of players that, uh, if there's no spring football or even if there is spring football are probably going to call it good after that even even though they will have eligibility uh, and we'll 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 make this about football but it, it the the parallels the analogs to all the other sports are, are obvious because there's there, this is in play in all of the other sports in various ways but uh, there's going to be some guys that are going to graduate in the spring that had this fall be there was supposed to have been their final year of eligibility playing football that we're going to graduate this fall or perhaps even this this winter and uh and won't be coming back to play football this cross country right wherever wherever it might be that's fine okay but for the sake of simplicity and um and just sort of uh, 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 contextualizing this or coloring this the way that i think it makes the most sense to the points that I want to cover here. Let's just forget about that for a moment. The reality is a lot of guys are going to come back who would have not been able to come back. And as we went around through what was the normal recruiting time zone, a collegiate football recruiting time zone that, you know, you, you, you have national signing day. Well, the early and the late period, the later one and there in February, and then you start in on the next class right after that. And right up until, I don't know, August, the recruiting was happening sort of, ba- you know, as it normally would. It wasn't happening in the same way with the same method, but it was happening with the same expectation that we are going to play football, that class is going to graduate, and then we will have this new group of guys coming in the way we always do. Well, that ain't happening now. Now everybody that's there can continue to be there and still has their eligibility. And it's not just the seniors, by the way. It's it's everybody. Like, this is a zero year across the board. So the freshmen will come back as freshmen. They'll just be a year older. So I don't know what the stockpile of kids that have already been gotten. But basically recruiting in terms of actually signing guys has come to a halt. I mean, it, it's not it, – it, it it's happening, but it is happening in a very – like, these are guys who've already been on the, the, the schedule, for instance. Like, for Dylan Rollins, say. He's mm-hmm. – he you know, if he wants – when he's ready to go, he could just go to whichever team it is, and they will have a place for him, and they will bring him in because that, that net has already been cast. But the futures of the next groups that are coming are, are – not entirely on pause, but largely on pause. I mean, you're looking at kids. You're always out there finding guys, but you got no idea how many scholarships are going to be available. Yes, you do. And you don't have any idea how many scholarships are spoken for, I guess is the point. What you got to understand, though, is it doesn't matter. Well, because there's matter. no such thing as a scholarship being spoken for. If a coach doesn't want to renew your scholarship, you're out. Doesn't mean if you're four, it doesn't matter if you're a fifth-year seater. And that's how I think that the – most competitive and most ruthless coaches are going to treat this. No, no, no. They're going to continue to recruit as a high level as they possibly can. And if they get to the point where they are 
like if you're Montana State, you got 42 seniors coming back next year, and you go ahead and sign 25 kids in February, guys are getting cut. That that may be to some extent, but by and large, the seniors that are there are your are who's playing football for you. Like you are not taking away a scholarship from a guy that's even a contributor, not even necessarily a starter, but a guy who's an important piece on your special teams or whatever it might be, so that you can have a 23rd guy of your 25 person recruiting class. You're right. Okay, so what I'm saying to you is that what's going to happen is all the guys that got scholarships that are especially the upper class, are there going to be some guys that lose scholarships where they say, hey, we don't have one for you because you were going to be a sophomore. We were kind of seeing what's going on, but we got to go up this young kid who's like a three-star guy that we really wanted to get in here and that's what we got to do sure that's all well and good but what I also think is going to happen is that the bottom half of high school classes that we're going to be coming through on you know with 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 partials or scholarship offers of some sort they ain't coming that's it they're not even going to get a sniff it's you're going to get the blue chip high school recruits the top 10 guys that you really think that you know you want to you know, stretch and reach and give and find a way to get in there and do whatever you do to have to do it. And then that's who's going to come in both next year and the year following until the log jam sort of clears out. One of the most definitive things I've learned about college coaches over the last 15 years covering the Big Sky Conference, particularly the state of Montana, is that almost, almost across the board, coaches love dudes they've never seen before way more than the dudes they see every day. It's just the way that it works. You find once you're around somebody all the time and we go through this in almost every avenue of relationships that we have as humans, you find ways to pick people apart. It's just like we have a brand new girlfriend. You like her way better than you're going to years down the road, unless you put the effort in to continue to like her more. It's this exact same scenario. So, I think you'd be surprised. There's a lot of coaches that are will push guys out the door that could have even contributed in lieu of somebody that they've never seen before. When you have 65 scholarships yep. to hand out, and I don't know if they're going to get more. They might get more, you know? But it doesn't matter if the NCAA allows you to have more. Because you have if to you raise the money. That's right. You have to have the money to do it. The only way you can offer more is I, if there's money I, available. I'm well aware. So I, that's, that is a thing. But if you can offer more, you can start to raise the money to be able to do it if you can do it. But in any case, as an aside, how many seniors are there on the Grizzlies? 19. So you got 19 presumably. 19 guys that would be seniors right now. Yeah, that would be seniors right now. So that as far as guys that like next year would be seniors, I don't know. I'll count them up for you one sec. Yeah. But say, but let's just say it's 19, okay? So let's say there's 38 guys under scholarship that would be the that would make up 92% of your football playing's you know, players in terms of actually being on the field and doing it. Okay. I don't think those guys are going anywhere. Maybe a couple, you know, 22 juniors or red shirt juniors. So that means a total of 40, 40, 40 41, yeah, 41. Uh, 41 out of your 65. Yeah. And, and that presumes that all those guys are all full scholarship players, which most of them are maybe not every single one of them, but likely most of uh, certainly most of them are anyway. As I said, are there some incoming freshmen, for instance, that guys that are, were just redshirted this year that are going to be freshmen next year that you go, well, you you were going to have a scholarship or you're on a half scholarship, but this 17-year-old kid, we got to have him. He's getting a scholarship. I'm sorry. If you want to stay, you can walk on or you can do whatever you want to do, but we're taking the scholarship. We're giving it to this kid. Certainly, that's going to happen. But also, I think there's a whole bunch of kids where they would have said, well, hey, let's see about giving this kid a half a scholarship. Like he might develop into something. And they're going to be like, well, no, we're not doing that. We, we, the, the, the bigger gambles that usually are taken at FCS schools on hopes of development in the future because this kid's got big hands or a big frame or whatever it might be, that stuff is going to be much further and fewer between, I think. I think you're going to see a lot of kids who are like the can't miss recruits at this level still be that and there's a handful of them and you find scholarships for those kids and you bring them in but the and and you can still do the preferred walk-on deal because I think they are going to expand the total number of players that you're allowed to have I mean I don't know how you couldn't if everybody can stay you got to be make room for the next people that are coming through too but when it comes to the scholarship thing man I think there's a lot of kids who would have been getting looks 
and would have been getting money that won't be now coming out of high school. See, I don't think that the coaches are going to approach it by limiting the high school kids. I think they're going to approach it from a different way, and that's um, – how do you say this? When I say that coaches cut guys, it's a very rare situation. I can only really speak with that much knowledge about the two coaches of the in the state of Montana. But it's a very rare situation that either Bobby Huck or Jeff Chode are going to call you into their office and say, hey, son, you're cut. It's a very rare situation. But they are going to call you in the office. Chote, for example, he has what he calls his roll call meetings. Here is what your role is within the program. If your role is going to be someone that is a, for lack of a better way of saying it, dead weight towards the scholarship limit, he is going to tell you, son, this, these are where your opportunities lie, and this is the advice I'm giving you as a man in terms of pursuing your opportunities down the road. And so I think that there's a lot of times, like when guys are announced as retiring because of medical stuff, I would say more than half the time, that dude did not say, I'm too hurt to ever play football again. It was presented to him by the organization that he was too hurt to ever play football again. I, I understand what you're saying, but what I'm saying is those those that happens every year. Yes. Okay. I under, I understand that, but but what I'm saying is the scholarships that are going to be made that would be made available are not assigned right now to deadweight guys. They're being kept by guys that are the guys that you have to have. They're your all American players. They're your 19 seniors that aren't not going to be here next year. Right. Those aren't deadweight players that you're forcing out the door that you're trying to find a way to get by. Now, do your does your bar become higher? Probably because you got more people to choose from. So now you can be more picky. And maybe there is a guy who you would have kept on a full scholarship that you do call in the office and say, hey, we need to reassess what we're doing here. So I'm not saying that's not going to happen. But what I'm saying is all, it, it, you're not going ahead and going, oh, hey, you know, 21 juniors. Well, guess what? Half of you don't have scholarships anymore because we got to give these 17 year olds scholarships who aren't even going to be playing for us. That's not going to happen. It's a tough conversation because you don't want to sit here and like name names and stuff like that. But well, just, don't. Just, just by using the search function right now, I can tell you that of those 22 juniors on the University of Montana's roster, at least 10 of them are absolutely 100% completely expendable. That, what do you mean? I mean, what do you, what do you even what mean What do you mean? Like that? they have no chance to start. They're not going to start okay. now. They're not going to start ever. So you're so going. If, if they're not starting player, but if they're, I'm talking about scholarship athletes here, man. Like, is every one of these guys, if, if you're not a starter by your junior year and you're never going to play and you're not there, you're also very likely not on scholarship. Am I right about this? Well, no, you're not necessarily right about this because you could have been a complete recruiting miss and you've just never developed the way that they wanted okay. you to develop. But also, that's your point. You're talking about that would be the same case whether we were in a regular year I know. or not. You gotta re- you gotta, I have to reemphasize what I'm saying. Coaches across the board are so much more in love with guys they've never seen than guys but that are on their team. Guys that you've never, first of all... I think that coaches are not I understand coaches the are not being saying. disingenuous on signing day when they think that every dude that they signed is so sweet. That's fine, but they also know that every dude that they sign on f- signing day is three years away from actually stepping on the field in many cases, two at best. And you aren't taking scholarships away from the guys that are going to go out there and play in the fall of 2021 in order to get guys that are going to play in the fall of 2025. Like that's not going to happen. And those aren't available. That's why I, I, I think count, you shrink count, the number I, of high school recruits. I that count you get. at least six guys on the Grizz roster that are either on partial or not scholarships that are seniors. Okay, so but that's the point. So if there's so what you I'm got saying 19- is though, okay, you have 41 guys, but you got a bunch of dudes that are splitting scholarships. Okay. The other thing that you have to understand is that there's <laughs> this is just the mentality of a coach. I would say the vast majority of coaches don't like one-fifth at the least of their roster, just period. They want it to be better. They're going to out-recruit all the time. Coulter, you aren't listening to me. I am listening you to aren't. you, man. You're, I you, think you, you're you taking th- for granted how cutthroat this is. No, no, I'm not taking for granted how cutthroat it is. I don't think you're understanding how different a situation we're presented with here in 2020 where everybody that can play that is a top-level starting player for you at every position that is on scholarship is still going to be there next year, and you think you're still going to sign 25 new high school kids. You're not. Montana State has 17 kids committed, and I guarantee they keep recruiting. 
Right. I mean, you could you could do whatever you want. You can recruit as many guys as you want, but if you don't have more scholarships, you're not taking scholarships away from like Jace Lewis to go no, give not, to a high schooler. You're, you're not, but I think that you're missing the point that like, I mean, there's a slew of offensive linemen on the Grizzlies that are juniors and seniors that are not going to start. That, that are on scholarship. If you are a junior or a senior, you're on a half a scholarship. There's very high likelihood that half scholarship is going to go to get a, a 16 or 17 year old kid in that you could start to try and develop and bring them along the way that you want to bring them along. I understand that. But what I'm saying is there's also 10 or 12 full scholarships that would have been available for guys who are absolutely going to be on scholarship next year if they stay. Those aren't going anywhere. Sure. And so you have to figure out where you are not going to use those since you don't have them. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is that I think – I, I totally get what you're saying. The least likely guys that are going to be pushed out the door are the upperclassmen. But when you're talking about 63 scholarships that are divided between 85 guys, mm-hmm. the last place that the coaching staffs are going to cut their scholarship allotment is by the uh, in the classes of the guys that have never been on campus before. That might sound stupid – but it's just the way that these guys operate. They will give way more of a priority to a guy who's never put on a Montana Grizzly jersey than they will for a guy who's a redshirt sophomore who's been in the program for three years. That's the group of kids that's going to get mm. hurt the most is the kids that maybe that earned a scholarship. sophomore. The guys that, year. like, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, so just take, let's just make a, 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 a nameless guy who fits the mold of somebody that's been – that that is that Montana's produced forever. He's a walk-on from a Class A school who's a linebacker and played all the sports in high school. He's got a bunch of upside, but he got hurt, so he walked out to Montana, and now he's in the program. He's been there for two years. He's playing some special teams. They like him a lot. That's the type of guy that's going to get hurt in this situation, not because he's going to get forced out the door, but because if he's earned a scholarship, which Bobby Houck absolutely rewards guys like that more than any other coach I've ever been around, I just think in this portion the two the two types of guys that are going to get hurt the most are the dudes who could have been partial guys from montana high schools coming out of high school right Right. now exactly the dudes who are but more importantly though the dudes in the program because here's the risk that you take if you think that you can't get this guy out of high school without giving him a little bit of money and you already got this dude in the program without giving him a dime you're going to give the dude who's not in the program some money, as silly as that might sound, even though you oh, already have the sample size of this guy. And so then, therefore, those, the, that guy, that type of guy is going to get eaten up, but also the dudes the, the, the dudes that are going to be forced out the quickest are the dudes who've been in the program between three and four years, guys that are either going to be redshirt sophomores or going to be redshirt juniors that are out-of-state guys that were given full rides coming out of high school that haven't developed into at least borderline starters. Well, and it is worth noting, the out-of-state guys, like... Not all scholarships are equal, right? And the, the exactly. out-of-state scholarship is, what, five times? I mean, I'm making this up. I don't know what the number is, but it's a much higher cost For to sure. have, have that player here, which is, again, why Montana and Montana State, they, they, you know, they want to talk about the pillars of the program being the, the Montana kids, and they are. And they are for a lot of reasons for the for the heart for the desire wanting to be on the team for and for for being really good players in a lot of instances and also because you can bring in four to one or something like that a kid to be on scholarship you know at uh, 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 from in state than from out of state it'll be interesting to see how it goes I think I think you're going to have a lot smaller high school recruiting classes in see, total I, I, a lot smaller I, I don't I think they're gonna, I think they're going to continue to recruit super super well maybe half just because I mean you could say half. From a Montana State perspective, I would agree with that only because I think that twofold. One, what's going on in the world, but more importantly, because Montana State doesn't need to recruit like they did before. Choate was signing 35 dudes because he was like, I don't, I just don't believe in the dudes who I inherited besides the ones that I believe in full force, right? Mm-hmm. Like if there was no COVID going on right now, I still think Montana State would sign significantly less people th- this class than they would like, have. Like, yeah, like 20... A normal class, 20, 20 to 25. 25 kids, right? Yeah, it's not going to be 30 to 35 like they have the last couple of years. I think you're looking at 15 kids out of the next two classes of high school. That's what I think. See, but here's the other thing that is fascinating is actually because of this, I think that Montana is a really good high school class this year, but also the coaches have had a lot more time to recruit. And I do think that there's a lot of kids in Montana and a lot of kids across the country that are getting over-recruited or that are being billed as mm-hmm. higher level recruits than they actually are. But with the, if, if Montana had 10 commitments right now and Montana State had 17 commitments right now, 
you would say, man, they're way ahead of the game considering where we're at, you know, mid-October. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to see a whole rush because there's still a whole bunch of other guys out there too that are preferred walk-on guys too. The other thing you got to remember is the health of, of guys. If you can get a whole bunch of preferred walk-on dudes who are going to come here for free, it opens up your opportunities to recruit out-of-state guys and transfers later on because you're not spending the money on them. But also, you could get a bunch of dudes who aren't on their third surgeries. And so a lot of times, even if this dude is a, a, a valid part, a legitimate part of your program, he might be the one that's on the outside looking in because of everything he's gone through in his career. Well, and I mean, all, all of that stuff is going to be in play, which is always in play anyways. I mean, it is, but I just think that all of a sudden it's going to be restricted by a significant number because there's a bunch of kids who are not having their scholarships taken away that are going to be on scholarship that wouldn't have, and you got to find a place where you're going to, where you're not going to give where you would have before. Some of that will be attrition from the lower classes that are already there. I agree. Some of it will be because kids that were going to get scholarships or partial scholarships coming out of high school aren't getting them. And I don't mean to say that these head coaches like don't they don't like their guys. They love their guys and they love especially their really good dudes. You who already said one fifth. They hate them. They hate them. I think that they think they could recruit better players. Let me tell you something. If you're in a room with a hundred people and you hate twenty of them. And you like 80 of them? That's pretty good. It is pretty good. I like 99 of them. Except I'm All in the I'm room saying, with I, you. I, I, it's not about the personal feelings for these guys. No, the, you, these coaches are unbelievable competitors, and they always believe that they can do better than what they've already done. This, it, it, look, man, I mean, like, it's no secret. Like, the, these kids, like, okay, they're going in, they're getting their education. It's fine. You can learn values and all that, but... Sports, the person is the commodity. That's what it is. Totally, but I think that the lost art of being a college head coach, especially in football and particularly more than any other sport, men's basketball, is having patience, waiting. Don't try to out-recruit that dude. Wait until he's a fifth-year senior. How many kids have come out of the state of Montana that weren't Division One level players when they came out of the state of Montana that could have been if they just would have played for Montana or Montana State and developed? Seven. Jared Samuelson's a great example. Quick break. High school. No recruiting done there. You just show up and play. Soccer, football, it's all happening now next. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Two state tournament championship games moved back several days because, you know, it's Arctic winter in the middle of October. We'll get you set for that. And also, the high school slate of football begins tonight. It's Tutel New Orleans, 1029 ESPN Radio, at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT is where you go to uh, follow us along on Twitter. Happy to have you out there. Uh, Coulter, we just talked about this here in the uh, in the news, but it is worth uh, taking just a, a, a quick uh, a recap here because the game between Hellgate and and Helena was ongoing while we were on the air yesterday, and we did get to the final, but it was worth sort of paying a little bit of attention to what you know was going on. Now, the Wolfpack, they beat Bozeman. The Kalispell Glacier Wolfpack beat Bozeman, which was an upset in itself, but that happened on Tuesday, uh, going back a couple of days, and they got themselves into their first ever girls' state AA uh, soccer championship game. And so now you got Missoula Hellgate, who already beat defending champion Billings West, is up one nothing on number one seed out of the West, Helena High. Get all the way to what the 80th minute or something like this. I mean, late in this in this soccer match, Helena is able to get the equalizer and get the game into extra time, two extra time periods, no goal scored in either of them, and then Helena High really just putting it away, three to nothing. I mean, Helena High's goalkeeper giving up no goals in a penalty kick shootout situation, really impressive. Obviously, 
you know, a, a significant, you know, the bummer for the Hellgate girls who, you know, have really, you know, as great as the Hellgate boys have been, you know, in the last decade, 15 years or so, the girls haven't had that same type of success that they were trying to get to their first ever state championship game. They were on what a run. I mean, to beat the defending state champs and then being, you know, ahead for almost the whole game against Helena, not being able to do it. I know it's sad. And yet, what a run by the Hellgate Night girls to 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 get to the place that they were. Well, what a thrill to watch, too. I mean, right. back-to-back shootouts, that's about yeah. as good as it's going to get no for doubt. soccer. Um, the girls' tournament was a tournament filled with upsets. I think that the overwhelming favorites were Billings West and Bozeman to play for the state title. And so the fact that neither one is in the state championship, mm-hmm. I think, is a big deal. Uh Helena and Glacier will be an interesting matchup because Helena was the dominant girls soccer program for a really long time in class double a countless girls. I mean, when I was covering the lady Grizz soccer team back in my time at the university of Montana, th- there was so many girls from Helena. I mean, it was yeah. like the Helena all-star team. And it's, it all goes back to what we always talk about with soccer, man, the club programs. Helena was the first town in Montana to really have like a really strong club. And now we have great clubs in both Bozeman and Missoula. Kalispell is getting some, and Billings now too. So now these girls and guys, both both genders, are playing year round and are developing at a really high level. Yeah. Uh, then we, and we already talked about, but Hellgate in Bozeman, uh, the the it goes chalk on the boys' side, and they are playing for uh, another state championship between the two of them. Again, they're responsible for nine of the last nine between them. That's right. The AA level, so uh, impressive. But again, both these games were scheduled to be played Saturday. They now move back to Wednesday of next week uh, to try and get you know a little bit better better weather situation. So we get our we get our first sort of Arctic blast of the year here this week. And speaking of Arctic blasts and postseason, the state cross country meet kicks off tomorrow. Yes. Up in Kalispell. These kids will run at anything, man. These these cross country kids, right? I'm telling you, first of all, Kylie Hartnett has the times to be a high level division one recruit. She's the reigning champion from Helena High as uh, only a junior right now going for her second straight title. But I always say this, but if I was a college coach, come watch this meet. Because if kids are really running great times in sideways snowstorms at elevated (laughs) altitude, it's like, man, get that kid in California or something. (laughs) The the sky is the absolute limit. I mean, like the Aragon sisters, you know, one went to Stanford. Oh, of course she got incredibly better. She's not running in the sideways wind in Billings. So um, the cross-country meet is going to be... It's going to be fascinating. Rebecca Farm is where it's being hosted. I haven't heard any any plans to cancel it, so yeah. let it roll. But uh, that that'll be it's an exciting event because it's an all class deal, and so then you get to watch multiple different races and uh, distance running is such a big thing in in Montana. So that'll be a fun one to track as well. It's my opinion if you're playing soccer. You, you can play in any weather. Okay, sure, you could go out there when it's you know ten degrees and blowing wind and everything, but. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is just poor perspective on my part. But when there is a competition like, you know, soccer and the, you know, the ball is the surrogate for, you know, the 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 will, so to speak. Like if you're running, it's just the time that you get. You don't have to do anything in addition to that. You're not trying to get something to happen other than just running fast. Okay, mm-hmm. to, to sound to put it dumbly. I feel like there is a, a moment, a place where the weather is so impactful as to render some, a sport like soccer, not really, you're not getting what it's supposed to be. You're not playing the game that it's supposed to be anymore. Whereas in cross country, every, I mean, I understand everybody's got to deal with the same elements both sides, regardless, you know, if it's a soccer match or if you're running cross country. But when you're doing that, things like, you know, being able to plant your foot and kick the ball and have it, you know, not be blown just off the field because, you know, you can't hardly keep the thing in play because the wind's going like that. Like, no, in cross country, you just got to, you know, bow up and kind of deal with it and go. And is it ideal? Certainly not. Are are people affected by it? Absolutely. But it doesn't doesn't make the game inherently different, I guess, is which I I feel like it can in a sport like like soccer a little bit more. But this this girls cross country double A to – the weather is secondary to the fact that it's going to be a really fast race because 
Kai Hartnett finally has some runners to push her. Hmm. Sage Brooks from Missoula Hellgate is going to Syracuse. I mean, she's a absolutely top right. shelf runner. But then Kenzie May has kind of come out of nowhere, who's also at Hellgate, and she actually beat Sage Brooks in a race last week. And the three of them have not run in a race yet together. So that'll be definitely an interesting one. And then there's this freshman out of Bozeman, Natalie Nicholas, who looks like the next rising star. And she's been running in the low 18 minutes where Hart, you know, Hartnett's sitting there at 17.50 and change. So I think that she'll be in the mix too. But the more runners are toward the front of the pack, then the more that the elite have to not necessarily just pace themselves, but outleg them. So uh, it should be fun on both sides. Two telling one is 1029 ESPN Radio. Also, Coulter, just wanted to quickly let people know sometimes it sneaks up on you and you're not really uh, prepared for it if you don't know. But tonight is opening night of the high school football weekend as well. Missoula, Big Sky, is hosting Kalispell Flathead. Uh, this is... You know, one of those games where these two teams have, have struggled this year. Big Sky's 1-5. Flathead has not won yet, 0-6. And yet, when you get to the end, uh, it's an opportunity, you know, that both teams feel like to get one of those rare victories, especially when it's like going to be the last game of the season uh, in terms of the regular season for these two teams. And, uh, you know, this this is a game that both teams, I think, got to go in with a, a little bit of emotion and excitement to be playing in. I mean, especially playoff game, because not everybody's going to make the playoffs this year. It's just a little bit pared down of a bracket, but... Big Sky has the win over Hellgate, mm-hmm. and so if they can get a second win, I think that punches their ticket yep. to the first round, and then Flathead's going to try to spoil all that. So um, we'll see how it plays out. But it's a game of more consequences because of the expanded playoff field. The other game of AA tonight, Belgrade versus Skyview. Some more situation there as well. Mm-hmm. The Skyview snapped their long losing streak earlier this year when they beat Bozeman Gallatin. and Backed it up with another win. They have, but Belgrade and Skyview both struggled this year, so yep. kind of similar scenario for those two teams. Two Tell New Orleans, 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick break, come back, wrap up hour number one. Hey, we live in this great state, so we can enjoy it. And if you're a business owner, you know how hard you work, sometimes at the expense of your own free time. That's where Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services comes in. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services is a virtual bookkeeper that helps small businesses organize, maintain, and grow their business, which helps keep your business running smoothly. Also, gives you more time to do what you love. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services offers monthly bookkeeping and will even clean up previous month's books. Visit online, blackbookkeepingllc.com. That's blackbookkeepingllc.com. And schedule a free consultation today. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the wind gate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the wind gate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Well, late again. What's new? It's Tutel New One is 1029 ESPN Radio at Gus Tutel, 1029 ESPN at Sky Sports MT. Coulter, I don't often uh, break news on this show, and I'm not breaking news here, but I might be breaking news to you, though I doubt it. Have you heard? Have you heard about the trade involving your Minnesota Vikings? I have. Are you happy about it? I, uh, if it's not Kirk Cousins being traded, you're not happy. Yannick Ngakwe it, uh, going it, from Minnesota to Baltimore for a third-rounder 
in this draft and a conditional fifth in 2022. The notion that exists that people that work in sports organizations professionally inherently know more about sports and roster construction is blatantly false. And the Vikings are a shining example of that. How could you possibly trade a slew of draft picks for this guy and then trade him six weeks later for worse draft picks? Just keep the draft picks. But you got six weeks and you're at one and four. Or get comparable draft picks. Or try to, to do something. Why not try to re-sign this guy? They have a bunch of money. They should have even more money if they just cut their quarterback. <laughs> but that's the sad truth is that you can't because you gave him the most guaranteed money in the history of the NFL. Well, you could. You just would have somebody who would, uh, you know, throw less interceptions. And what, what fun would that be for the rest of the It's not even about North. the numbers with Kirk Cousins, man. It's about his presence and the lack of confidence that he engenders now, in every person this, around. I'm the I'm the one to blame here because I'm the one who said his name first, but this ain't about him. Yannick Ngakwe going to Baltimore. He is... Um, I like it for the Ravens. Unbelievable get for Baltimore, right? I mean, this is a defense that's been really good, but hasn't, hasn't taken that step into the upper echelon of... First of all, the team in their own division, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and also a couple of the other like really, really good defenses. I don't know if I'm ready to put Chicago in there, but they're very, very good. There's no question about that defensively. Yep. But what have the Ravens been missing? Some pass rush. Yeah, yeah, An that's edge. right. Exactly. And so, and that's what I'm saying. I think this makes this puts them into that into that very real deal conversation. I mean, so. that's the whole thing. Is if you're going to run a three four, you have to have a definitive edge guy. Because I actually would argue, as far as the teams that run three fours. The Ravens have the best front, the best front three mm. of anybody in the league besides the Steelers. Mm. I mean, the Steelers got, I think Cameron Hayward is the most underrated player in the NFL. Steelers got him, Pruitt, and JJ, or TJ Watt, excuse me, lights out. But then right. the Ravens aren't, uh, aren't much worse. I mean, you talk about Derek Wolf, Brandon Williams, who's also really underrated, one of the best pure noses in the league, and Calais Campbell. But all three of those guys are a little older. A little older, and also just they just don't have that twitch to come off the, edge. off the edge. But yeah. if you get a dude who can come off the edge, now that enhances what Calais Campbell and Derek Wolf are. We will it's a con- great trade for the Ravens. We will continue with the NFL picks against the spread. Week seven starts tonight. Next. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 